This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Hey, to be fair, the Patriots cheated. For sure they did. It's not even a question mark. It's not even a question in my mind. It was fourth and one. It was fourth and one. They called timeout. First of all, coach did this back in the day. This meant a counter. They they saw this. Coach called it. Office line coach did that on the sideline. They called timeout who normally goes to the sideline on timeout the defensive captains right they told the nose guard Washington they pulled him to the sideline big 400 pound guy he don't want to go to the sideline and come all the way back <laughs> cold, right? cold. It was cold. What, what he want to go to the sideline for they yelling Joe made him go to the sideline and I always thought what did he going to he went all to the sideline and came back then we run the play. He loops into the hole. <laughs> oh, Washington no, 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 no. Washington does not, Jerome. As a matter of fact, Jerome Bettis's recollection of how a certain pivotal drive early in the 2004 AFC Championship, which was played in January of 2005 at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, gone downtown to say the Stellars, uh, couldn't have been more wrong. As a matter of fact, what happened was uh, there was a measurement, Andy, if I remember correctly, for the fourth and one play that was to ensue uh, after seeing or guessing what play the Steelers would call. Bill Belichick whistled over defensive captain Mike Vrabel, not Ted Washington, who was not on the team at the time. The nose tackle was Keith Tractor Trailer alongside Vince Wilfork. Uh, and then Vrabel took the play in. Everyone under the sun or in the freezing cold of Western Pennsylvania and the Allegheny River knew they were going to run it to Jerome Bettis. The Patriots then stuffed the run play the that everybody knew was coming. Bettis fumbled. Next play, Brady throws a 60-yard touchdown to Dion Branch. 10-0. Basically, ball game over. Patriots win. But another baseless claim of the Cheatriots from a salty rival kicks us off on Wednesday, September 27, 2023's edition of Breaking Boston with Fitzy and Hart. Now, first, I wanted to play this just to sort of discuss it in and of itself and then use it as a uh, a launching point to preview Patriots at Cowboys because someone else is already afraid of the Patriots kind of uh, manipulating the system or doing things uh, by the outskirts and fringes of the rules, Andy. But when you saw this breaking on Tuesday afternoon and everyone talking about it, oh, here we go, someone else accusing the Patriots of cheating, what was the first thing that came to mind? Sad. The only, yes. 
The only thing sadder, you know, I've been a little bit on you people for sort of living in the glory days and not maybe accepting the post dynasty era here and, and all of those things being uncomfortable. Well, the only thing sadder than living in the glory days is living in the loser excuse making days of 20 years ago where the Pittsburgh Bem- bemoaning, was- bemoaning the sadness of failure yeah. from years, the saltiness, the salt. It's uh, and now. I mean, there's always going to be a portion of the world that believes this, and the the Patriots are in part to blame for creating this world of doubt where conspiracy theories like this can grow and live and survive and be timeless because Spygate happened, and they Mm -hmm. did some things in Spygate that were sort of intentionally douchey. (laughs) Really, that's all they – in my opinion, that's what they got penalized for. They were doing things like – Okay, I, I told you to stop and you didn't stop. Now I'm pissed. Just like me as right. a parent. I've mm-hmm. been there as a parent. Like kids do things a million times a day, a million times a week that are wrong. And when you tell them to stop, if they stop, you're like kids being kids. If you tell them to stop and they keep doing it, now you're pissed. Now you probably punish them or go over the top, whatever. Exactly. And then they and can't the believe NFL. that you punish them over the top. And you're like, but I told you to stop. Right. That's exactly what happened. Off. And that's why Robert Kraft called Bill Belichick a schmuck for, for when he asked him, how much did you glean from this? And he's like, I don't know, about 1%. Right. And it was so, so unnecessary. But it makes it believable. It may, it, it like fuels the Marshall Falks of the world and some of the other conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and ideas from the time. But again, And I do find it fun. Like the one thing you learn as a 40 something, as you enter the middle ages, Mm -hmm. uh, don't tell stories with details, leave them vague. Cause probably your details are not the right detail. Especially when CTE and I know, and I don't jest easily about that, but especially when you're a football player who crashed into other people for decades and your remembrance of it is about as misrememberific as possible. Jerome Bettis gets just about every single detail of that recollection, accusing the Patriots of cheating wrong. And like you're uh, often want to say, Andy, don't let the details get in the way of a good story, or in this case, a bullshit false narrative. And especially in this day and age where you know there are douchebags all over the internet that want to find mistakes, holes, controversies, Mm -hmm. and they're going to go look, at least say, you know, there was this one time we played the Patriots and th- there was like this one play when I was on offense and then they called a timeout and I was very like, huh, this is weird. Like, mm-hmm. keep it very vague to at least make them go through every single Steelers-Patriots matchup you ever played in to dig through every single play. Don't give them the the ammo to shoot you down so quickly. But it is this is fun as well. Like, as much as I find it sad oh, yeah. for Bettis and the Steelers, this is sports like this is that, you know, rivalry, controversy, you call them arguments like mm-hmm. this is part of that whole world that makes sports great and fun and interesting as long as it can be sifted through, I guess, with the proper perspective. And as long as we make sure to keep it civil as well, like and things oh, don't yeah. get as crazy as they got in the 300 section, sadly, a couple of weeks ago at Gillette Stadium when the Patriots played the Dolphins. And too many of these videos yep. that I continue to try to hide, mute, and refuse to watch on social media, another fight breaking out between rival fans at an NFL game, that's taking it too far. Rivalry, the arguments, the nonsense, the back and forth is supposed to be civilized or at least semi-civilized. Rivalrous fandom is supposed to be fun. That's the joy of sports fanning. And when people take it too far, it's a damn shame. But 
in this particular regard, I I just love first of all that like footballing, uh, the Ben Roethlisberger podcast uh, decides to bring this up, and he just th- chums the water, throws oh, but the Patriots cheated. How do you know that? Like, I get it. Yes, Spygate allowed. That was the one that fl- you know opened the floodgates for everyone. Bella cheat the Cheatriots, everything yep. else. There was the Tomasi thing about taping the Rams practice before Super Bowl 36 that proved to be baseless. The Eagles have accused the Patriots of stealing signs. There's nothing in the rule book. A gentle reminder, Andy, there's nothing in the rule book that says you're not allowed to look at the other team's sidelines or see the signals and then decode them yourself. Isn't that part of like Lou Merloni would tell you that any baseball player would tell you stealing signals or decoding signals in baseball is just part of competitors one upmanship. Like that's the game. That's gamesmanship. That's totally legal. It's the videotaping and whatever else. And uh, it's a shame. And of course, that's the first half of the double dynastic run. Then the second half of the double dynastic run came with its own series of accusations and deflated footballs. And I'm looking forward to whatever podcast five years from now accuses the Patriots of costing another team a championship because of saggy balls or something Tom Brady did. But I did want to use this to segue into Cowboys Patriots week because now we've got another legacy team the dallas cowboys hosting the patriots sunday 4 25 p.m at jerry world we're done ripping on the patriots or the jets or zach wilson and everyone associated with last sunday's win at jet life and now we're fired up for the patriots to take on a dallas team that crapped the bed on the road last week as a 10 point favorite in arizona and now they come home i think they are a two and a half three point favorite to start the week off uh Dallas has a great defense. Patriots have a solid defense. Neither offense right now is acquitting themselves um, appropriately or entirely. Yet here was Brian Schottenheimer, offensive coordinator, even though I believe Mike McCarthy is the one calling plays this year, correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. So Brian Schottenheimer on Tuesday says, quote, uh, we know this is in regards to the fact that there are a couple of former Dallas Cowboys on the Patriots. Brian Schottenheimer says, quote, this is in regards to Patriots third string quarterback Will Greer and running back Ezekiel Elliott. Quote, we know Will knows where a lot of the bones are buried. We know Zeke does as well. I'm sure Greer is definitely being interrogated. So now here comes the idea. Bill O'Brien had to answer to it during his Tuesday press availability. You know, are you guys pumping these guys? Are you trying to sift through and get as much intel and like, again, do a Patriots thing, go as close to the edge as possible. People will try to like spin this into something anti-Patriots this week. A, how much information can they really get, Andy? And B, isn't this what everyone friggin' does? Yeah, and C, I would say, I'm not sure. I feel like, Patriots reporters and fanboys like you, um, your type, your people. I need to get that in every show. We should just change the name of the show to you people. Um, no, that's your side pod. That's your side pod. We, or it's a sponsored yeah, segment. This was my side pod. This isn't my side pod. <laughs> How many side pods can we have? I wish I had as many side pieces as I had side pod, but that's a different story for a different I mean, day. You're right. I'm sure your fabulous wife can hear. What are we doing? Um, like, I don't know why there was such a defensive wall put up against this. Like to me, this is NFL business. Every team right. does it every week, like collecting information. Remember the old Bill Parcells? I'm in the business of collecting information, not disseminating it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a, a way to collect some information beyond just the all 22 and the stats and the analytics mm-hmm. and whatever. Oh, I, I, I'm going to use it. Um, I don't know why everybody seemed to get all up in arms in this. This is the way business is done in in the NFL has been done for years and you're right you gain a little bit 
of information, maybe. Or I actually think the biggest advantage to these things is the other team often overthinks it and changes. Oh, we got to change our signs and change our this and change our that. And yeah. like in a week, I think that can actually cause more harm than good for that team. Because when you overthink things, you're not playing. And like I would argue the Cowboys are probably the more talented football team. So the mm -hmm. Cowboys should go out there and play football, not think about playing football. Exactly. Exactly. Don't worry about like they've talked about changing all their hand signals this week because they're afraid Greer and Zeke are going to decode all of them. Tell Belichick, Belichick or Belichick, if you will, and the Patriots will have the upper hand going into the matchup. Like if you just say, here's my strong against yours, here's my football smart against yours. The Cowboys have the home field advantage and might have a slightly better roster. So shouldn't they just worry about that? Is Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's true. They probably he, do need he not so sneaky stinks. He's not, he's he's actually sneaky terrible. He's if you he's, put Super Bowl winning coaches on a list and try to come up with some of the worst. He's a lot closer to the bottom. Like he's like the yeah. belly. Oh, he he is he is in the Lombardi in spite of category. Like yeah, Aaron Rodgers yeah. carried them to that one. That and so, Jay Cutler's injury in that AF, in that NFC championship. But I will say I think the Cowboys are scrambling a little bit just because coming off the loss to the Cardinals, a bad football team, dealing with, you know, in New England, you're looking at how maybe a great cornerback or a great young cornerback can positively affect a mm -hmm. defense with Christian Gonzalez taking hold in the back end. They're digging with dealing, digging with the loss of digs. And I don't think they handled it very well. Their first game post digs after his injury. And I think that's something now, whether the Patriots can challenge that with their you know, pea shooters there are in offense and weapons and the things they're doing right now, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think this is a case of much ado about nothing and maybe much ado about nothing inside the walls of the star or whatever they call that training facility down there right. in Dallas. So. Yeah, and, and now, and Bill O'Brien has had to respond saying, I don't think, what is it? Uh, I don't think I've had to hold a light over any of these guys and I won't be interrogating them. Like, don't anybody worry that this is going to be like a scene out of 24 or like right. a George, like, uh, you know, a George Clooney movie or something like, like it's, they're just going to say, what do you know? Okay. Well, here's what they like to do. Dak likes this and CD likes to run this route. Yeah. We can also learn all the same things from watching the tape. If anything, it's just a cliff's notes version of what the Patriots would have to sit through and read verse and chapter. That's about it. But yet somehow, if the Patriots jump a formation, read a route, or do something quicker than expected Sunday, you just get that feeling, Andy, it's going to be, oh, look at that. Oh, that's why they signed Greer and Zeke. Like, no, they need a third quarterback. Yeah. And also, Zeke actually right now is the better of the two running backs. Maybe the most impactful or, or ignition-like um, offensive weapon. Like, mm. I mean, he came in last week and I think he was a part of igniting the offense and you know me, I'm, I'm fixated on where the ignition of the offense, where the spark of this offense is coming. Zeke, who some thought was dead and buried, um, was a little bit of a spark last week, but if I were the Cowboys and I were changing my signals for this game, if I wanted to, you know, get in trouble with the league and pay a hefty fine, one of my new signals would be look right at the Patriots bench and flip them the bird and say, <laughs> figure out this signal. And then I'd throw the ball to CD lamb and score. Right. Yes, exactly. I would, I would try to use old pal Brandon Cooks and their wide receiving yeah. core. Who's the Who's the name of the tight end that replaced Dalton Schultz? I haven't quite learned his name yet. Uh, I probably should sometime soon. Yeah. Speaking totally. of getting into your middle forties, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we're not going to worry about that. We'll figure that out over the week. Dalton but that was a pretty interesting. Yeah, it was a, a different Dalton. 
Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's one of those. It's Kevin Asiasi was signed to the Bengals practice squad. You know, tight Again? ends. They all bumble together in my head. Yeah, he's bouncing around practice squads quite nicely. Yeah, old friend Kyle Van Oy signed with the Ravens practice squad. Of course. How do you like that? Uh, 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 Dalton Keene, where for art thou? Anyone know where he is? I'll check Dalton Keene. Maybe Keene, New Hampshire. <laughs> All right, uh, that is our signal to end the podcast now. That's enough. I uh, thought you guys would enjoy a little trip inside memory lane as well as our first little preview here. Six ring style on the Breaking Boston pod of what's to come on Sunday. Make sure you stay tuned to the podcast this week. On Thursday, we will take you behind enemy lines and speak to somebody from For Love of the Star, our sister podcast down there talking Dallas Cowboys. We'll give you our FanDuel Sportsbook bet of the week and so much more. Ah, the old days of the Cheatriots. Damn shame that all those uh, Permanti Brothers sandwiches and Iron City beers continue to be best served with a heap inside of salt instead of ketchup. Sorry, Betta. Sorry, Roethlisberger. That was a great game by the Pats. For Hart, for Coop, this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening to Breaking Boston and subscribing to Six Rings. We'll talk to you later.